Hello and welcome to 30-Minute Motorcycling, a podcast for new, aspiring and returning riders where you'll learn something new about motorcycles and other two-wheelers in 30 minutes or less. And in this week's episode, it's all about wheels, wheels and more wheels. More specifically, the job of the wheels, the different types of wheels and the pros and cons of each wheel type. We're also going to briefly cover what a wheelbase is. Have I said wheels enough? That's because there's a lot riding on them and I'm not just talking about your bike. But since there's a lot riding on your tires too, we're talking about those as well. Specifically, how to choose the best tire type for your motorcycle, about tire pressure, tire tread depth and how you can measure it by using nothing more than a coin. First things first though, let's begin with, you guessed it, the wheels. Just like the ones for a car or a van, motorcycle wheels have an important job. Not only are they responsible for handling braking and acceleration, they also have to support the motorcycle's weight and provide a mounting point for the tires, brakes and wheel bearings. Generally speaking, the heavier the wheel is, the slower the suspension will deal with uneven surfaces and the more energy you will need to accelerate and handle your bike. Your wheel base, which is the distance between the front and the rear wheels, also affect the handling of your bike. The longer the wheel base is, the more stable your bike will be in a straight line, but it will also be less responsive when cornering. With a long wheelbase, you're also more likely to experience what's known as wheel spin, which happens when the wheels rotate with little to no traction. This is why many heavy cruisers and touring bikes are built with long wheelbases. They may have poor cornering, but the extra stability makes up for it. So now that we've got a general overview of wheels and wheelbase, let's talk about the most common types of wheels, starting with the spoked wheel. Spoked wheels are characterized by tiny metal prongs inside the wheel called spokes, hence the term spoked wheel, and are common for dirt bikes, cruisers, and even bicycles. The pros of spoked wheels are that they are very strong and durable, and even when they do go bad, they can be rebuilt. The cons are that they need regular and often frequent maintenance. Over time, these spokes will go dull and will require tightening with a special spoke wrench, but not too much. Tightening the spokes too much might throw the entire wheel out of balance. So if you need to tighten your spokes, check your owner's manual for the exact spoke tension characteristics. Let's move on to cast wheels. Cast wheels are cast in a big piece, usually from aluminium, and are common on most road bikes, since cast wheels are more capable of supporting bigger tires. Compared to spoke wheels, cast wheels require less maintenance. However, if you do crash a motorcycle with cast wheels, The entire wheel must be replaced, even if there's no visible damage. Cast wheels also have two subcategories, magnesium and composite wheels. Magnesium wheels are not just extremely light and strong, they're also extremely expensive. As for composite wheels, they're made from either pressed steel or aluminium and are a combination between a cast and a spoked wheel. But even though composite wheels have spokes on them, they don't require tensioning like a spoked wheel would. In fact, Composite wheels require little to no maintenance. Sometimes, if the rim or spokes are damaged on a composite wheel, these can be replaced without having to replace the entire wheel, but if it's made from aluminium, this can be quite expensive. So that's the wheels in a nutshell, but there's a lot riding on your tires too. Motorcycle tires have a far more demanding job than car tires. Since there are only two of them to support the bike's weight, they tend to wear out faster. In fact, the average lifespan of a motorcycle tire is between 8,000 to 9,000 kilometers or 5 to 6,000 miles. When choosing tires, pick the most suitable type for the type of riding you normally do. You ride on the street, get street tires. You ride off-road, get off-road tires. If you fit off-road tires to your street bike, you're going to have two problems. 
Number one, the tires won't grip paved streets as well. And number two, the off-road tires will be worn out much faster than a pair of street tires. Also remember that the wider your tires are, the greater your risk of hydroplaning will be. To pick the right size for your tires, you must know what the tire dimensions are. Luckily, these are written on the sidewall in a sequence that might look like this, 1860R-16. The first number displays the tires width in millimeters. The second number, which is usually preceded by a forward slash, is the tire's aspect ratio, i.e. the height of the sidewall. The letter R or B indicates whether the tire is radial or bias ply, something which we will cover later on in this episode. And finally, the last number shows the tire's rim size in inches. So therefore, if a tire has tire dimensions of 8060R-16, it has a 180mm width, an aspect ratio of 60, roughly 60% of the total width, radial ply tire characteristics, and a rim size of 16 inches. If you would like to know more, I've included a link in the show notes to a video from Chapra Motorsports that talk more about tire dimensions. But just as it's important to get the proper kind of tires, you must also inflate them properly. An overinflated tire can cause stiff suspension, while an underinflated tire can cause everything from increased stopping distance, reduced stability, and an increased risk of the so-called death wobble. So therefore, check your tire pressure regularly and verify that it matches the recommended pressure as stated in your owner's manual. Let's move on to tread depth. You might have heard the term tread depth mentioned a lot, but what is it? Well, simply put, every tire has a groove cut into it called the tread, which allows water to escape and keep its grip. If this tread didn't exist, or if it's too shallow, you'd lose traction and hydroplane as soon as the road gets a little wet. And that's why you need to make sure that you have enough tread depth. Laws regarding minimum tread depth might vary depending on the country you're in, but generally speaking, at least 3 millimeters or 0.12 inches of tread depth is recommended. The best way to test your tread depth is by using a tread depth gauge, but if you don't have one, you can use a coin. Yes, you heard that right, a coin. The type of coin you need to use varies depending on the country you're in. If you're in the UK, you can use a 20p coin. In Sweden, an old 5 kroner coin can be used. And in the United States, you can test your tread depth with the penny test. You probably have a couple of pennies here and there that you thought that you'd never use, right? Well, now it's time to use one of them. Whatever type of coin you've got, all you got to do is stick it into the tire grooves. If the lower bottom part of the coin is hidden by the groove, you have enough tread depth. If the whole coin is showing, however, it's time to replace your tire. Speaking of which, when the time finally does come for a tire change, make a habit of changing both tires. Even if the other tire looks fine when compared to the other one, the truth is that it has most likely gone through the same stresses. When you go to buy new tires, check your owner's manual for the correct tire dimensions. Get a tire with the wrong dimensions and your bike's handling capabilities will suffer. So how long does a tire last? Well, it depends on the type of tire. Cruiser tires can last up to 5 years, while sport bike tires only last for 3 years before they need to be replaced. Either way, the tire's manufacturing date is always stamped somewhere on the sidewall, represented by 4 digits. For example, if you see a number like 3521, that means that the tire was made on week 35 of 2021. That would be this week, actually. Anyway, it's also important to note that most new tires have a tiny silicon layer on them. If you just put on a new tire, you should ride as slowly as possible until the layer has dissolved. 
I should also mention that if you replace a tire, the new one must be balanced before you put it on. Finally, let's talk briefly about tire ply. Every motorcycle tire has a layering of synthetic fiber cords coated in rubber that gives the tire its strength. This layering is called the carcass. In the past, tires were made with either the so-called cross ply or the bias ply carcass. On these tires, the plies were laid out in a pattern so that the layers overlap. But while this gives the tire a strong sidewall, it also means that it's more prone to overheating. On a radio ply tire, on the other hand, the carcass runs straight across the tire. And because of this, these tires are lighter, deformless, and above all, they're less likely to overheat. If you'd like to know more about bias ply and radial tires, I've included a link in the show notes to a great video from the Motorcyclist Magazine YouTube channel, which explains it in greater detail. So in short, that's motorcycle wheels and tires. I hope you enjoyed listening, and above all, that you learned something new. Until next time, keep your helmet on and your eyes on the road. Bye! Thank you.